come to kindergarten class. The Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we have an interview with the amazing Dr. Jean. Yahoo! I love Dr. Jean. <laughs> Who doesn't love Dr. Jean? She's the best. I honestly think everyone loves everyone Dr. Jean. Everyone loves Dr. Jean. She just brings joy to your heart and a smile to your face. It's true. And helps you bring that joy and smile to the children that you teach. And her things never, ever get old. No. I first heard her, oh, okay, a lot of years ago, <laughs> probably 20 years ago, in Boise, Idaho. And she did the little twisty tree with her paper bag. And now, 20 years later, I watched her do the twisty tree on her Facebook Live post, and I was just as excited <laughs> because Dr. Jean is authentic. So let's listen to Dr. Jean. Okay, I'm excited. Well, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jean. Thank you so much for being our guest today. And thank you for inviting me so that I can share with the teachers. Would you introduce yourself? I would be happy to. My name's Jean Feldman. I have been in education for 70 years, early childhood education. Actually, I'm 70 years old, and I just never grew up. So, And I think one of the things from The Little Prince is uh, one of the quotes I like is, all grown-ups were once children, but very few of them remember it. And I think that's what's wrong sometimes with our society. We forget what it's like to be a child and what children want. So I was a lucky little girl. I grew up before television and before technology. My niece asked me one time, what did you do? I said, we played. We played, we talked, we sang. When I went to kindergarten, um, we had Kool-Aid and cookies for snack. Now you go to jail for that. Um, we, uh, I didn't know what a worksheet was, my goodness. Um, and I started teaching in 1969, and I started with Sally, Dick, and Jane. Look, 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 oh, look, look, look. And that's how I learned to read. I didn't learn to read until I was in first grade. I was six years old and six months, and guess what? I can read. Isn't that amazing? Um, and so I started teaching with Sally, Dick, and Jane, the whole word approach. And it used to be so much more fun to be a teacher. You got your children, you shut your door, and you taught your children. But you knew your children because you had time to talk to them. And I ate lunch with them. That was one of my favorite times to be with the children. Um, and so Sally, Dick, and Jane went out in the 70s, and in came phonics. And I didn't know phonics. I didn't know letters made sounds until I was teaching first grade in the 70s, and I learned along with my children because we'd use the whole word approach. And then, you know, the pendulum keeps swinging, and I always tell teachers, if you don't like something in education, don't get too upset about it because it will change. <laughs> but if you really like something, don't be too happy because it will change. Change is inevitable. And um, so I, I learned phonics, and then in the 80s, uh, they came in with whole language, and whole language was, no, don't teach letters and sounds, just teach the whole word approach and everything. And But I just shut my door, and I went ahead and did phonics, because I realized there's no one correct way to teach children to read. They need a variety of strategies. And so finally, with the good research in the late 90s, we came up with the, the pillars, phonological awareness, phonics, fluency, comprehension, vocabulary, which really are the pillars of the, the reading program. Um, and math has kind of changed through the years, too. 
But I've been at this rodeo for so long that the minute I hear some consultants say, this is the only program or this is the only way, I, no, no, there are many ways to teach children to read and many ways to teach children to math. In fact, people running the world right now learn to read and learn to do math in many different ways. And I think still the bottom line is that interaction between the teacher and the child and empowering children to love to read and to love to learn. To me, a good teacher is one who has kids who like to come to school and like to learn. That's the most important thing. And you know that old saying, they may forget what you said and what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And so um, I, I think it's really difficult for teachers now coming into the field. And um, it, it, it makes me sad what we're doing to children with all the testing and the pushing of the academics. And I don't know who makes these decisions. Um, I wrote a blog last week about 10 things we'd like to tell our administrators and decision makers. You shouldn't make decisions for children if you haven't taught that grade level. I mean, some of, some of these absurd things like four-year-olds should know 60 sight words. Anybody who's ever taught pre-K knows that's impossible, you know? Um, and, 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 and children learn in different ways in different times. My own grandson was very slow in writing, and finally he could write. And my daughter said, you know what, Mom? Children take it in and take it in and take it in, and then something comes out. We never know when that's going to happen. And that's that what's wrong with so much of the testing is, you know, it, it, we miss the whole child, that wonderful child. Um, and socially, how they get along with others and how they feel about others. And, and can they run on the playground and can they hop on one foot and hop on the other foot? I mean, there's just so much more to being a child than just uh, a number and a score on a test. Yeah. And what letter you can, what letter you can read at the end of the year. And Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so, um, I, you know, my big thing right now is people keep asking me, when are you going to retire? Never. <laughs> I never want to retire because I like teachers and children better than I like most old people. Um, but you know, there's so many things that people have given to me in my career that I need to keep these things alive. The world changes, but children are the same. They still like finger plays. They still like a story. They still like a song. And so, um, you know, I just wanted to mention my blog, drjean.org. Um, you can go there. Everything that I know I'm trying to put to, up on the Internet to keep it alive mm -hmm. um, for children and for teachers. I've also got a blog spot that you can go to every day and then a new blog spot I'm doing, a blog I'm doing with Carolyn Koslowski. So um, the wonderful thing about working with Carolyn is she's still in the classroom, so we kind of take the old and the new and fuse it together. And um, we've got these little monthly happies that we've created for everybody. So, mm -hmm. you know, thank you get songs and finger plates and cheers and um, I think with so much uh, structure and teachers being given cookie cutter curriculums and you have to say this and do this, it's it somehow you've got to fit in the joy. You've got to do a cheer. Oh, firecracker. You've got to do a handshake to start the day, a thumb kiss. Um, you've got to sing a song and do a brain break. You, you have got to add some joy every day. And um, I don't know if you've read my story about happies, where that word came from. So I was doing a workshop. A teacher came in with her cup of coffee. And I said, don't you just love it? And she said, yeah, it's my happy. I said, what are you talking 
talking about. And she said, you know, every day is not totally happy. What you have to do is you have to create something happy for yourself every day. Somebody's not going to do that for you. And in your classroom, teachers, you have got to create something happy every day. It might be starting the day with a song. It might be playing a fun little game while they're washing their hands. It might be doing cheers at the end of the day. You've got to find some little thing every day to make yourself feel good and to make the children feel good. Because if you're not happy, then how are those children going to be happy? And um, uh, one of my other favorite quotes, life is lived between the bread and the butter. It's not mm. always curriculum and the big kits and the things that you get. It's those little interpersonal things that you do with children every day. So I love that. And I, I love... <laughs> yeah, I love your October happies. It just looking through all your ideas that you put in there, it made me happy. It gave me some more joy into my teaching looking at those ideas. It, yeah, and I think a lot of teachers are missing that because they're so tied into technology that they forget you know, these are little kids, and they, they love to learn. In fact, Tuesday night I've got a, a blog, uh, a Facebook blog coming up, and I'm doing all these fun things with plastic spiders. You buy a bag of, you know, plastic spiders, and you can do all sorts of things with them. Um, children are children. They love things that are playful, and then you can turn them into something challenging with um, some of the ideas that I'll be sharing. I love that there's a big push for STEM education in school now because I feel Absolutely. like in early childhood education, all you have to do is let them play. And there you go, there's STEM. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like some of the schools have taken blocks out of kindergarten because they weren't academic. What's the best way to do engineering with blocks? Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, if I could have two things in my classroom, I'd take books and blocks. I mean, I just love blocks. And um, I think the cool thing about STEM is the integrated curriculum that, you know, we tell a story and then we build something and then we create something and then we do a math activity with it tying it all together and mm -hmm. um, one of the things I tell teachers too the best place to get science materials is right outside your door um, you don't have to buy all this stuff everything you need in your kitchen or it's right outside the door just the environment is and, and children love science I mean they mm -hmm. absolutely love science and when you do science you say you're a scientist when you do math, you say you're mathematicians. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other suggestions of ways we can make our classrooms more joyful and keep the joy in our classroom? Um, I, I think you have to shut your door. <laughs> you have to shut your door, and you, you, you need to decide ahead of time. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you three simple things you can do. You can start every day with a song and a handshake. You know, just looking them in the eyes and interacting with them. Um, you can take brain breaks every day. And a lot of the brain breaks I do are reinforced skills. You know, karate writing, where you punch out the letters that they start at the top, dotted line, middle, dotted line, bottom line. Um, Makarena count to 100, where you're crossing the midline and you're counting. So you can do brain breaks that tie in math and tie in literacy skills. Mm -hmm. And then um, I would also... Um, Think about, you know, doing cheers because when you do the cheers and, you know, I've got the little cheer cards you can download free off my website. When you do cheers throughout the day, it just kind of lightens your spirit. Mm 
And it's also a way to focus children's attention. I do free concerts in the schools because I want to make sure what I'm telling teachers still works. You know, and the crazy thing is I've been doing this a long time, but those little kids, they still like this stuff, you know. And if I want to get them quiet and say, Shh, sit down and be quiet, make your hamburger, put it on the skillet. Is it done? Not yet. Is it done? Not yet. Is it done? Well done. So do some cheers and brain breaks throughout the day. And then then you've got to end the day with a song, too. End the day on a positive note. Um, you can, you know, pass around your fake microphone, and they can all say something they did that day that made them feel proud or happy. Or um, you can, you know, do some cheers. Who wants to do a cheer for a friend? But um, those things aren't written in the curriculum. But, you know, the song Mary Poppins, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Mm -hmm. I think just a little mm -hmm. spoonful of sugar can make the day so much sweeter for teachers yeah. and for children. And, you know, don't let the turkeys get you down. You know, you just, if you're going to be a teacher, you've got to be part actress or actor. And you put a smile on your face and you just, you know, you just pretend. Um, I love what one teacher said, you fake it till you feel it. And you just fake, fake happiness. <laughs> I, I, you know, we know from research how important phonemic awareness is and how important vocabulary building is. And we know the way that those things are built is by singing and playing and playful rhymes and... Oral language, let them talk. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's another thing about some of these computerized tests. What do they assess for oral language? Oral language is the foundation of literacy. Mm -hmm. that, that's the... The foundation, and so um, I think when and one thing you know, smart teachers know, need to know the research. You need to know why music is important. You need to know why you need to take brain breaks. And I've got all the research on my my website, you know, for active learning and playful and challenging and the executive function and all these things. The research. So when somebody who's never taught that grade level comes in and evaluates you or things, you know, you can say, well, let me tell you why I did this mm -hmm. and help them understand the value of how children learn through play, active learning, singing and dancing. So you have all the resources all ready for us. They're ready. They're <laughs> all there. All you have to do is go and grab them. And then, you know, I try to do Facebook Live, you know, once or twice a month because it, to me that, that's almost like, you know, just a little shot of adrenaline for the teachers. Just, you know, here's a little bit. You can take this and you can go with it. And it's, it's, just, it's the little things, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I found when I was teaching, if I had a hard day or a hard week, if I made something, it made me feel better. Okay, I did this, I constructed this, I made this, and I'm going to use it. So, you know, some of these things are like therapy for teachers, too, that mm -hmm. um, you do these songs and things. And um, one other thing about, um, it, I, I worry about the longitudinal effects of all the academic pushing, because when you look at the research for skills that employers want, and this is Target and Microsoft, you know, all the big companies. Number one, they want people who know how to get along and work with others. They want people with good oral language skills. They want people who know how to find and use resources. And they need people with good writing uh, skills. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those first three, getting along with others, oral communication, knowing how to find and use resources, those are all the things that we've done in traditional early childhood programs with play and centers and hands-on learning. And, you know, I'm not one of these, 
you know, extremist that says no computers and no, you know, can music and you know, it, yeah, yeah that, that's the world they live in. But it's the balance. It's just. Yeah. You know, the more they sit in front of a computer, the more they need these little spiders to play with it. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I had a couple of kids who were playing at the construction center and they were building with toys and they were fighting over who got to use the materials. And the one boy says, I need that block. And the girl said, but I need that block. And then the boy finally turned to the girl and said, I guess we're going to have to build something together. And I thought, oh, that, that's, why we, that's why that's we why do we this. Do. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's why we do what we do. So, you know, I feel like somebody, you know, I feel like I'm the, the granny consultant, you know, that I'm the one saying to teachers, you know what, you're doing a good job. You're loving those kids. You're making them happy. And you know what, for some of these kids, it doesn't get any better than school. That's the best thing. And for some of the kids, this is going to be the best year in their life. It's not, they're never going to feel successful and happy and part of a group, you know, after they leave some of our early childhood programs. So, um, you know, it's just climb every mountain. You know, you just got to keep on trying and don't give up and um, put a smile on your face. Mm -hmm. I love how you, you said earlier that all teachers need is what's outside their door and what's in their kitchen. And I love that about you because, you know, sometimes we feel overwhelmed that we need the new shiny thing. And, and, and you know, kids are happy with plain vanilla. I mean, <laughs> you see some of the, I mean, and, 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 you know, somebody said Pinterest ready or what, um, and somebody said, did you get that idea off Pinterest? And I just laugh. I do not go to Pinterest. I do not look at other people's blogs because I don't want somebody to say I took something, you know, mm -hmm. we've been, y'all, I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like I, I did something with a cereal box and some people think you have to paint them and come. The kids are happy with a plain cereal box, you know, mm -hmm. they're happy with a game made out of yellow triangles and a lunch bag. I mean, the, the, the teacher adds the magic. You can take something so simple. I'm like, I'm going to do this with a um, bowl. You turn upside down, you turn it into a cave and you put some bats out and then they hide their eyes and you hide bats under the cave. How many bats are under the cave? I mean, you, you can make this the most exciting thing in the world for kids. Mm -hmm. And that's what's great about kids. You know, you can take anything and, and they have the magic and make it fun. Mm -hmm. Well, and they are so good at playing that all you have to do is give them the spark of play and they'll run with it. Exactly. You know, just a little something. Yeah. Do you have any advice for anybody that maybe this is their first year teaching kindergarten? And You know what? You need to find somebody and hold their hand because great teachers are made by the teacher next door. You know, I didn't come up with all this stuff. <laughs> people, people have helped me through the years and shared ideas with me. And um, you've got to find a mentor teacher and, um, and appreciate the mentor teacher. And you know what? You younger teachers have skills that you can share with us, technology skills and social media skills and things that I don't have. Um, so, you know, it works both ways. But that holding hands and sticking together. Yeah, my first year I taught fourth grade and I didn't really have anybody. And then I moved to first grade and I there were five of us on the first grade team and we all held each other's hands. And, and it was fun. It was the best. It, it was a great experience for me. My second year of teaching, you know, and being overwhelmed. And it was so wonderful to have people there supporting you and helping you and cheering right. you on. 
Yeah, and the first year is the hardest. Um, and I love what my daughter said because she was teaching a college course, and she said, you know, I'm, I'm really not a very good teacher, but I think my students know how much I love them and care for them, and that overcomes some of my technical faults. And I think that's true even with, you know, early childhood teachers, that if you're a first-year teacher and you don't have it all together, it's still that relationship. That, that's the most important thing, that they, they know that you care about them, and, um, uh, and, and school is fun. And they're safe, and they're loved. Yes, yes exactly. And we're all friends. We're, we're classroom family. Mm-hmm. I always call my students friends. <laughs> Come over here, friends. Sit down, friends. And one boy just randomly yesterday said, I love how you call us your friends. Oh, is that sweet? I know. So you sweet. Just, yeah, and you just, you never know what's going on at home. You know, maybe a lot of children don't have people say that I love you and you're great and you're fantastic. And all you have to do is go to a big box store and listen to the way some people interact with their children and you understand. And, and I, you know, I think that's one of the, difficult things for children right now is they don't always have parents who teach them rules and teach them some self-regulation. You know, you, instead of t- teaching your child, you know, parents will just hand them their phone mm-hmm. because that's easy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to do overdoses at school to help them develop that self-regulation and respect. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other things you could share with us to help us bring more joy into our classrooms? Um, I just, you know, I'd say go to my website, get some of my songs, get some of my finger plays, get some of my cheers. And, um, you know, if you would just do one new song and one new cheer, one new finger play, and and one new brain break every week, you know, choose like four things and do them every day for a week, you'd be surprised. And um, I think sometimes teachers try something one time and it doesn't work. You have to do things over and over and over again. That mm-hmm. purposeful practice mm-hmm. for automaticity, nothing works the first time. You know, the yeah. first time you try to do a thumb kiss, I'm like, what is that? <laughs> um, or you do the firecracker, what is that? But you do these things over and over, and then, you know, it, it gets in the brain, and it becomes a routine, and it works. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Jean, and we yeah. will put some links to all your websites and social media with the podcast. Take care. God bless. And teachers, just remember that I love you and I know your children love you too. Don't give up. Don't let them take away your joy. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lindsay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Dr. Jean, for being on our podcast. We sure appreciated learning and listening to you. And if you want to learn more about us, you can go to our website at kindergartenkiosk.com. And if you have an idea for us, someone you'd like us to talk to or something you'd like us to talk about, you can write to us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators, by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?